I think that may have been the best finals game since Game 7, 2016. I don't know. I, I, mean, I, don't Go, I know. went through it afterwards. It was the only other game. The other, other two games I would have put there would have been I um, Game 1, 2018. When LeBron went out for 51 in the JR. That one, that loss. And 2019... Game five, when that was uh, probably the best. That's probably the game, that's probably the best game in recent memory, the re- recent finals memory. I would say yeah, it's I game say, five with the Warriors. Oh, um, um, yeah, because I would say that was when Durant came back. Then Durant went down. That was Steph a dramatic big, game. Steph hit the big shot late, and then Clay Thompson I think closed it out because it really felt like they were at least because game seven would have been in Toronto. Yeah. By and, the way, that's Keenan who uh, likes making. These grandoise, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, statements. You know, greatest since, greatest since. It was a great game for sure. I well, love the I mean, intensity. It was it matched the game four. Bucks needed that game. Um Kyle Warner on the mic, by the way, of the Warner Brothers podcast. But to go back, because I kind of always forget about that uh that game five with the Raptors Warriors. Cause that game was tense. That was like mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite games for the Warriors of their like little little dynasty era. Uh, Cause yeah, Durant goes down, and then it really looks like Steph, Clay, Dray- Draymond, they're gonna, and Steve Kerr, they're all gonna, you know, rally around and do what the 2015-2016 season was. You and know what then, I mean? Like the core, the essence of that team. And but, then they won that game. Got to Game Six. Clay went down with the ACL, and yeah, then everything just went bad. Shout just, out to Clay. I hope Clay comes back healthy and strong. He's in the he's in the new Space Jam tomorrow. Yeah, I'm. How do you feel about Space Jam too? By the way. I'm excited for it. I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm try. I am too. I'm trying mentally if going into it, not only to specifically compare it to the original Space Jam. Well, I mean, I, you kind of have. Well, to. I mean, there's only I two mean, Space Jam. Well, obviously, I just don't want to. I want to go into it. Obviously, after I would compare, I just want to go into it almost with an open mind. Like, hey, this is just a, like see how the movie is, and then obviously you're going to compare it from one to two naturally. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone's going in with an open mind. I think. It's kind of like when, uh, whenever they redo anything, you're just kind of interested to see what what the product actually is. I think I'm interested to see how like similar it is to the first one. When, because I think it's coming out on HBO Max too, so you even gonna go to theaters. So I might I might peep it just for that nostalgic purpose, you know. Yeah, I was debating on actually going to the theaters at some point this weekend, but I don't think I'm. I, don't I think know LeBron's I, gonna be pretty good in it. Yeah, I, I think LeBron. Is a is going to be a fine fine actor for sure. <laughs> as well as an actor who can't be in Space Jam. He was pretty good in Trainwreck though. He's pretty mm-hmm. funny. But I'm interested yeah, to see like uh, who's the other who's like the role players in it. Is Dame Clay Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis is Draymond Green in it? I think I could be wrong on that one. I can't remember. I just I remember Clay, in the commercials Dame. now they talk about Anthony Davis and the brow that he has because they point out his the huge obviously unibrow. Because that was kind of the best, or now I don't know about the best, but that was one of the better parts of the other one was the other stars and how they acted, like the, the Charles Barkley um, scene. I did not expect to be talking this much about Space Jam, but... <laughs> Muggsy Boat. Charles Barkley goes to the park and loses his powers. <laughs> He's just by, like, junior high girls. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't move. My, one of my favorite scenes of that is when they get their powers back at the end. Hey, hey I caught it. Hey, hey, let me show you some, Mike. <laughs> you want to know my favorite scene out of all that is? 
is when they cancel the season because they get their powers taken. Yeah. It's not even David Stern. And he's just like, he just comes out in front of, I think it's the LA Forum. And he's just like, season's over. Like, they wouldn't hold a press yeah. conference. Yeah. He just come out of a limo. It's like, oh, Again, season's not even over, David done. Stern. And then, yeah. Like, completely fake. That's it's why you alive. Love. <laughs> Classic sports movie. But yeah, the soundtrack's pretty good too. And the original soundtrack goes hard. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember, oh, this yeah. is a true story. When I was in kindergarten, I brought in the uh, Space Jam soundtrack. And by show like, and tell? Wasn't I think it? so. I don't know if it was show and tell or if it was some music class, but for some reason I brought it in and they played it for like 30 seconds and shut it off because I think they thought it had some profanity in it. I don't know if it did or not, but obviously it had hip hop. I don't think it does. But, I, don't, uh, it, I don't think R. Kelly, I probably, believe I can fly. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some like rap on it, but I don't know if it's like yeah. cuss free rap, but so that's that's a highlight. So, you know, I was trying to put the youngins on to, you know, what I was listening to early. So, <laughs> Your five-year-old classmates. I was like, hey, come listen to what I'm listening to. Who knows what the fuck they were listening to, but I was on some good shit. I know that. They're probably listening to Biggie and Tupac, obviously. Don't think that's what they were listening to. Are you sure five-year-olds weren't listening to them in 97? Anyways, anyways, that game was phenomenal. I Wire-to-wire, Devin Booker threw three quarters. I... I just thought I thought the Suns were winning purely off of Devin Booker. I had I wanted the Bucks to win, so I had because I want the series to go seven. Yeah. So I had I don't have fandom in the series. I just have for like sports purposes. So I was yeah. rooting for the Bucks and likewise. And Devin Booker was putting a knife in my Bucks heart for the night. He just was going kept, off. I mean, I was. I think what had me worry the most as rooting for the Bucks last night was. The fact that every Bucks possession feels like a struggle almost. Not like a struggle, but there's some possessions like if Middleton don't got it or if Giannis ain't getting to the cup and if Holiday, like last night, just ain't shooting well, it's hard to come by buckets. Whereas Phoenix, Chris Paul usually can, you know, set you up wherever. You're getting your shot wherever. You're getting a lob with Aiden. You're getting either something off the one-on-one with Booker or you're getting Jay Crowder, you know, spot-ups. You know, Chris Paul can control all of that. Chris Paul was terrible last night. He oh, yeah. looks very clearly hurt to me. Like, I remember vividly thinking that late in the second half. Like, oh, shit, he's not moving well. And then I look at the stat line, and it corresponds. You know, he... Yeah, he wasn't... He didn't play well at all. I think he had seven assists, five turnovers. And this ten is, points. And, yeah, no, he he played terrible. And that ten, that tenth point, I think, came, like, right at the last 30 seconds. Like, he, he was in single digits most of that fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, also, with the Suns, to your point of with the Bucks kind of looking looking stagnant, is campaign also he helps control. They have more people who can kind of control the offense for a possession than the Bucks do. Like the, with the Bucks, it has to go. Th- I mean, obviously, and it's not bad, but they uh-huh. have to go through Middleton, Giannis, or Holiday. Yeah, they uh, with the Suns, you have uh, Payne, you have Paul, you have Devin Booker. You can go through Aiton for a possession if need be, and mm-hmm. they're just shooters are better. Like Cam Johnson's been shooting well. Mm-hmm. Miles Bridges has been playing well. So Miles, right? Or no, Miles, not Miles. Oh, yeah, it's Miles Bridges. Oh, Mikael, wait, Mikael. No, Bridges. it's Mikael. Miles is on the Hornets. I That's always, right. Yeah, yeah. Mikael, I always get the Bridges. Same draft too, right? I believe. Yeah. Right? I think, yes, I think so. I always get those two confused. I get those but Mikael Bridges. But yeah, been Book, playing well too. Booker had no help last night. Uh, Aiden was great on the boards, but Chris Paul didn't deliver. Booker was literally the only one besides Jay Crowder who got them anything. That was mm-hmm. the only source of offense they had. Um, and then obviously last night it culminated in Giannis's uh, 
game saving block, series saving block. You could even argue that was crazy. Like only, only him. It seems like in this league that I can think of today, maybe Anthony Davis too could make a play where you're showing on the ball handler, recovering and getting a block on a lob at that. Not even like a bounce pass, all in one. Mo- like he did it so fluidly. Yeah, only really him, maybe Anthony Davis, and possibly I don't think he's long enough. Bam, and I'm only just thinking off his Jason Tatum block last year. And Bam too. I mean, I don't. I just don't know about the about the reaction time. Like you said, like just the body type. That like, I think it would only be Giannis and AD maybe. But that reaction time's crazy. And you got to figure what Giannis's wingspan is. What like seven five or something? Seven, some, and went from seven three crazy. to seven six around there. So, I mean, I don't know. That was spectacular. I that's one of my favorite things about the playoffs is you know, as the intensity rises, and everything the stakes rise. You know, you're going off instinct you're going you know what i mean you're just playing just to win so for chris middleton also for someone who is as come and go i want to finish my point okay quick he uh i just want to say like when they get when the intensity rises you start making plays just off like your instincts that's when you see these crazy athletic plays like lebron's block like the block last night that kind of thing you know what i mean yeah definitely you have the greatest athletes in the world being pushed to their complete their apex i'll say to basically being yeah. pushed to their apex and what you're going to get is greatness out of it for sure but what i was saying was chris middleton for as come and go as he can be one game hot one game cold seems to play well in big spots he's been yeah he's been pretty consistent since the end of the last series going into this series compared to holiday holiday's been up and down but middleton he's kind of shrugging that up and down label a little bit he mm-hmm. was obviously incredible last night Giannis surprisingly kind of he uh he stumped our prediction already we said he'd never go below 30 I think he had 28 last he, night he had 26 14 and 8 it was <laughs> he still obviously was played phenomenal surprised. but I was shocked that he didn't he was not aggressive in the first half at all he let the game kind of come to him which is fine because you can do that when to me he didn't like in game three, especially, there mm-hmm. were a lot of times within in the first half and the second half where he would set a screen, show, and then basically just demand for the ball in the post. Uh-huh. He seemed to be getting his shooters more involved last night. Like Connaughton getting holiday looks, Chris Middleton looks. His playmaking's been great all yeah, series. It yeah. has been. And it seemed like he was leaning on that a little more than he had been in the two previous games where he went off for 41 each. Or 40s each. Mm-hmm. But and not in a bad way at all. I don't think it was like he was being passive or too passive. It just seemed that he was letting the game come to him more rather than I felt at times in the other two games or games two and three, he was kind of taking control mm-hmm. of the game. Either way is fine, honestly, because in the end, he's, they still got the W. So Yeah, he's obviously the most dominant figure for the Bucks. Yeah. Uh We can't talk about last night and talk about Devin Booker without talking about the no call, which could have been, I don't even know, that could have been tragic for the Bucks. The no, the Devin Booker no call on the foul at the end. Oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Holiday's going up. I What's the score at this point? I'm trying to think um, if it's right after the Giannis block. No, it can't be. But. Um, The Bucks are up to on the break. Holiday. Booker takes it. There's like three minutes left in the game, I believe, right? Over with the uh, Middleton. With the no, that was like one minute left. It would when keep, Booker fouls. Either way, he should he he tried to take the foul there, which was the surprising part. With five oh, fouls. Oh, so yeah, no, no, no. You're right. There was sorry. I was thinking of the other one when uh, Holiday passed it off to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton made the layup at the end, and Booker no, fouls no, 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 there. no, no. You're no, talking no, about the, the one. The you're clear talking about foul, the one where you're he's trying to foul. The one before 
Yeah, compl- I think there was like three minutes left, and I think the game was tied or they were down two. But G- unbelievably stupid play by Buck- Booker. Like I don't know what he's doing with five fouls, trying to take a foul in that situation. Like either let him score or you know try to bother it another way. I don't know, but I, I would let him score. Takes the foul. Just refs refs miss it. Like I don't even know what the hell they're doing. By the way, they're letting him play the whole entire game. That game. That's why I loved last night's game so much was the physicality. The refs mm-hmm. were just letting him go at it. Felt like a game straight out of nineteen ninety five or some yeah, shit. Like they, it really did. Now it felt, and also kudos to Giannis for not giving up on that play because a lot of people stopped. Yeah, and Giannis, and Giannis just went after the ball. And, and I think like, he caught a, it in the air. It was yeah, a tough finish caught, anyway. It, it was, and yeah, kudos to him for not just stopping because everyone else in the court was looking like, wait, he, <laughs> we're not calling that. I'm surprised Boone Nolz didn't get a T or anything. Like, I probably would have had they not got that bucket there, yeah. obviously, because that was such a clear foul. I Again, the refs, leave it to the NBA refs to... Not call everything, but when it's a clear, clear, like mm-hmm. when it matters, I, they were clearly trying to keep him in the game, I guess. I don't know what the hell was going on there. Yeah, I, I and it's like I like keep I like having the superstar in the game, but if he fouls that egregiously, like <laughs> there's obviously. a different there's difference between like a ticky tack one, you kind of let it go, sure, whatever, it's the playoffs and the way the game was going, but I think he fouled him twice in that play too, it, a little it, bit, honestly. It was it was so bad, it was bad enough to the point where no one. Even Devin Booker was probably thinking to himself, like, ah, that was dumb. And then there was no whistle. And he was like, oh, wait, I'm saved. <laughs> it's annoying with these refs. Like, I've, I've been, I'm long critical of these refs. Like, these are some of the worst refs I've ever seen in my fandom of the NBA. Like, I've been watching since, I think, what, like five years old, something stupid like that. Anywhere from 97 to 99, roughly. Something stupid like that. And yeah, they're unbelievably. Uh, inconsistent, unbelievably soft. Like players are getting getting teed up for like less than high school players. Like honestly, like stuff I would see when I was coaching you guys. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I don't. I don't understand. And then as the, the playoffs go on, they've gotten better. Like they're they got their best crew clearly at the finals. Whoever's officiating this, and uh, it's been good for the most part, aside from that book of foul. But I love how they let them play. The deeper it goes on, that's what playoff basketball is about. And I wish their crews were as consistent. As their finals crew is because I, man, most of the playoffs it was not this good. No, I wish they would have let them play a little bit more in the regular season because I think that would also help get the players in tune for the for the players who have never been in the playoffs. They're not in tune to be like, oh, this is the physicality that they're allowed to. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because you know you want to get them to that point, but at the same, I don't, it truly I don't, is playoff basketball, regular season basketball. But I, I just wish it was a little bit more. I would, just, just I would a, say we're tighten up more on like the traveling and stuff and and less of the flopping because talk about adjustments. We see how our team's adjusted now to the international basketball, which we didn't even bring up on the last two podcasts, which is our players aren't adjusted well to the officiating over there. Really anything. They got their first win. Wasn't last night, but the night before. Yeah. Maybe, against yeah. Uh, Argentina. Luis Skola out there balling at the age of 41. I couldn't <laughs> believe that. Got the short hair now. Oh, and he, like, that. his last scrimmage before that, or friendly, whatever it is, he's he was the leading scorer with 25 in one of the games. Oh. Getting but, back to his Rockets days in, like, 2010? I guess so. I guess so. But what do you think? What's your opinion so far? I don't know how much of this Olympic team you've, you've watched. I've I probably watched, like, a quarter and a half, maybe. I was going to say, we watched, we watched a little bit of it in between the uh, prelims before uh-huh. the Connor fight. And that was really most of what I saw. And from what I've seen so far, it 
it's questionable just because like I don't know how you're losing to Nigeria and then lose to Australia. No Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know how. And no, if there's no Australia's legit too. They got a good. They got a pretty good squad. Oh, they do, but they're. But we should not be losing. It to say, no, that's the thing. Like yeah, no, the Nigeria played hard. Uh, Argentina, they had Argentina. Uh, Australia, mm-hmm. good team. They're not Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, I don't. Even, I don't even have to name anyone. They're just not Kevin Durant. Like I don't know how you don't even just skill yourself into ten point wins. Like you're just better than they are. I understand there's a team camaraderie and things like that, but at some point you are good enough to where that doesn't matter. Well, that's exactly uh, it. It does matter though, is team camaraderie. Well, it feels like it shouldn't. From what I've seen, the little I've seen, we're playing a lot of ISO ball. Not sharing. You got to remember too. I think we came in sixth or eighth in the worlds two years yeah. ago, or was it last summer? No, uh, would have been last summer. Would have been nineteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this was the recipe in 2004 when we got bronze. Like, it was a lot of one-on-one ISO. You got to have camaraderie in FIBA, especially. It's a I little just, more physical. This is why I wish they had, like, LeBron and Steph. Those are two players that I think would help out their team a lot. I I just wish they had some of the better. I mean, not that their They definitely need a true point guard. That's where LeBron Not that their team's will. bad, but, like... They definitely need someone to keep the ball moving. Yeah. It, they do have Draymond, but... Yeah, but like all of this, all of their best players, their number one skill set is not playmaking. Like mm-hmm. Tatum can playmake. He's Score. that's not him. Durant can playmake. That he's a scorer. Lillard can playmake. Score when they get Devin Booker. Devin Booker can playmake. Score and Booker Middleton and Holiday will help. And Holiday will he's yeah a Holiday Holiday will def <clears throat> Holiday will help them a lot actually because he can play defense, but he also physical defense. Mm-hmm. He's wearing down Chris Paul. Yeah, that was because game one, Holiday didn't see Chris Paul as much as I thought he would. I think he was on Booker more. And mm-hmm. Holiday, since they switched on, since they switched Holiday on to Chris Paul, he's given him fits. Obviously, Chris Paul hasn't been playing well himself, injury wise mm-hmm. or whatnot. He just hasn't been playing well. But I think Holiday definitely has something to attribute to that as well. I think games one and two, we played pretty well. Yeah, game two, we had 23. Three obviously got blown out. I know. I think he had 23. It just was. He's been high turnover this series, which has been really weird mm-hmm. Chris, for Chris Paul. Because Chris Paul is someone... Good defensive team, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it, even so, it's just it's an aberration with Chris Paul because he's just known for... I mean, he's played good defensive teams all in just two turnovers, three turnovers. I think he had like 40 straight assists without a turnover mm-hmm. this Point these God. playoffs. And it's just weird to see five turnovers from Chris Paul. True, it just, it happens. It just, and it's gonna it, happen. You play oh, forty-two course. minutes compared to yeah, maybe thirty-eight, of, thirty-six. Of course, it's gonna happen. It's just weird because he's turning the ball over, and some of them are uncharacteristic. It's For like sure. just because he had the one where Jay Crowder was here. I think Booker was in the other spot. Just threw it between them, and just not just a careless Chris Paul pass, which you don't see him be careless often. Yeah, and last night he straight up could not dribble. If he's injured, like if his wrist or whatever it is that's bothering him is really injured. Phoenix fans should be scared. They really should be. Uh, I think it goes seven. I hope it goes seven. I hope Chris Paul's okay. He's bounced back pretty well mm-hmm. from his other injuries this playoffs. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's two out of three. I'm going with the Suns, but I don't know. It's literally 50-50. I can't wait. Who do you got in game five? I got the Suns holding court. I think Cam uh, Johnson and Miles Bridges play a little I, better. I said Suns in seven, so the Suns have to win game five. I don't think 
And you think if the Bucks win Game Five, like it's over? Yes, I kind of feel that way. I've and wa- I know, and it's not that the Suns couldn't go on the road and win; they can definitely. But For the, sure. what the momentum? I guess it depends on how they win too. Yeah, you know what I mean? the momentum of losing two at home and then you're losing a third on your home court. Mm-hmm. Then having, that's hard to come back th- from. Then having to go to Milwaukee. With Giannis playing at this level, Chris Middleton, Andrew With the Holiday. crowd going fucking crazy. Yeah. Drew, that place was loud last night. Loud, Drew Holiday loud, loud. and Chris Middleton both play better at home. Typically, role players play better at home. So, mm-hmm. it's like a you would have to go in there and Devin Booker would have to do what he did last night. And Chris Paul would have to go out there and play like Chris Paul. And, like, they would both... I think they'd have to combine probably for 65 at least to win that game. And not that they can't. I, mean, I don't know I just, if they would have to. I mean, you know, Chris Paul's at least going to be setting people up. You know, if if anybody delivers last night, Suns probably win that game. You know, besides Crowder and Booker. If Chris Paul gives them anything last night, they probably walk away with a win. It took everything out of the Bucks, where it was really just Booker and... Booker hooping, like you said, pretty much. Yeah, Booker. it was gonna say it was Jay but Crowder yeah, but spot up, and I'm just I'm, game six. Yeah, with your back against the wall, someone like Chris <laughs> Paul obviously has to get people hard. involved, but I also think he's a person who can go get thirty if need be. Could he just he can go do it? Not like a, it's not wake up in his sleep. He can go get thirty, but he can go do it. And I think in games like that, that's where he has to be assertive and. Obviously, run the offense and don't just go iso ball, but those are the games where I feel Chris Paul needs to be like, okay, I am the best player on my team, even if, like, argue with him or Book or whatever. He just needs to go out and be like, I am the best player on the court. I don't care who is on the court, and I go show it. Speaking of Devin Booker, I do want to bring up, it was about, I think it was five seasons ago when I was like, and I don't do this much, like, I was like, book it on this dude, like, I think I said best shooting guard in the league in five years. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty close. You were, you were pretty. Y'all were pretty against it when I was saying. I don't know why. You said Devin Booker was going to be better than Clay Thompson in two years, and I said no. In two years, you said in two years he was going to be better than Clay. But Thompson, I remember y'all were like going no. crazy about the about the in five years too. I remember there were some there were some rucks about that, but I know I know that was where why because I remember that was where our first our argument came from. As you said, argument. <laughs> argument. You said that Devin Booker was going to be better than Clay Thompson in two years, and I said no. It was probably pretty debatable. I like to look at that. Whatever season that would have been. I don't remember. I think his rookie would have been seventeen. I, probably would have been seventeen. I, sixteen draft. Sixteen around. I, or no, fifteen going to sixteen. I think. Yes. You said that he was going to be better than Clay in two years, and I said no because of what Clay can do defensively, and at that point he hadn't developed as the playmaker he is now. His game is so, and always has been so mature. Like he, the pace he plays at now was the pace he was playing with at nineteen, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Tatum's the same way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Tatum his was pace that he was playing. Sixteen. Really? Uh, yeah, it seems that way. It really seems that way. It's felt. Um, Amani Bates is another one who's coming up who, yeah. like, already two years ago was playing with like a pro pace. And we had talked about this night. Injuries what held him back, but Jabari Parker was that same way. Played with just that. Calm yep. pace, who knew what he wanted to do. It was kind of like mellow-ish esque the way he yep. played. He had a really but mature game early he, when yes. he was you he know freshman got, at Duke. He just got injured. That was he really did. that was really his problem. He could not stay healthy. And he's given us good minutes. He's still young yeah. and good. Yeah, oh. he, he tore his ACL those back to back scenes with the Bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he was looking good. I remember him and Giannis specifically. I forget what season it would have been. Maybe LeBron's first, first or second. 
back in Cleveland. But they would go at Braun, like, not even scared of him. Like, Gilling Giannis. I think that was his first All-NBA season. Yeah. And it, I think this was Jabari's last injury season when he was, like, hooping, hooping. And then, yeah, unfortunately, towards ACL again. But because I think, Jabari. I mean, not that he was going to be one of the best players in the league. I mean, obviously, you never know. But uh-huh. he definitely was... I mean, now he's a viable role player. He definitely would have been a starter in maybe all-star game level. I mean, Seems like he, all-star, yeah. He's definitely like that talented for sure. It just sucks that people like that or, I mean, later on, like Brandon Roy, people like uh-huh. that who just get injured and it's like, or Grant Hill yeah. for older people. It's just, ah, they get injured and they don't get to reach their full potential and that kind for of sure. sucks. It just sucks. I think Booker, or uh, not Booker, Parker can still kind of get to it because he yeah. lacked athleticism already. Yeah, he and was. He's still, he's still really young. I mm, think he's like. 26, 7? Gotta be. He's still young. So he can still kind of carve his niche, kind of like Grant Hill did later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's one thing like about the early 2000s, not to get off on a tangent here, but it was one of the first big threes, like free agent big threes, was supposed to be Tim Duncan, Grant Hill, McGrady, and right? T-Mac. Yeah. And uh, I guess T- Tim Duncan was like that close to signing with Orlando. Went back to San Antonio. Uh, Grant Hill obviously still goes, and that's when his injury spell just goes. Mm-hmm. Like he like could not stay healthy. That could not mm, stay healthy. Wow. And he was someone who was kind of a mix of like maybe Scottie Pippen on offense with uh yeah Scottie Pippen maybe even an early LeBron type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a point forward. He and, was great and explosive. And people probably like, think that's crazy, like, who don't really know him. But if they go back and look at Grant, Grant yeah. Hill was the next Scotty coming up. He was a lot like Scotty yeah. and Brown, that, that slashing point forward and, like, could pass. Like, not just, like, oh, he's a good passer. Like, can set up your offense. You can run it through him. And he can D up. Yeah, he, he was just a great, yeah, great athlete. Like, go, go look at some Grant Hill dunk compilations on YouTube. He he had bounce. He had handle. He had, a, he had it all. He was next. And uh, that definitely would have been... Who was challenging the Lakers all those years in those early three P years? You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah, T Mac, Tim Duncan, and Grant Hill. That that's geez. another. That's another, and they had Mike Miller, young mm-hmm. Mike Miller. I think rookie Mike Miller. Or did he play for the? I think he was drafted by the Grizzlies and was yeah. traded to the Magic. One or the other. But uh, another play I was just thinking of when like you know, stakes are high and you just you just doing athletic shit mm-hmm. is uh. Kobe to Shaq in game seven against the Blazers. Oh, when he year. went, yeah. Kobe throws it up high. Like, look where fucking Shaq's head and hand are when he catches that He's ball. He's never jumped higher in his life. <laughs> like, it seems that way. Then you go it look at it. It feels like it. But yeah, pretty much. Like, he looks he like he's on the top up. of the backboard or yeah, some he shit. He went up for that. That was, I was going to say, that's probably his most iconic dunk just because of where it was. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a lot. It's, it's hard. I would say his most iconic Pro- one's probably the backboard one. That's probably what people the second one. know most. I think this, because there was the one where he made the best. Then like the one, backboard kind of like sat down because yep. like, and then there was the one where he where just he ripped it off. He just took it. He had the one where he dunked on Chris Dudley, shoved him. <laughs> Chris Dudley chucked the ball. I have that. I think I have that game recorded somewhere. Like I remember watching that game on a Sunday, like when I was like six. I dead ass remember that. That was <laughs> that was one of the early altercations I remember as far as basketball goes. Oh. Funny then, even funnier now. Yeah, that's oh, one of yeah. the most disrespectful things. Shaq just completely disregarded him. Comes down, shoves him, <laughs> and that. obviously the showman Shaq. He didn't. He didn't do it. Not in even like showman. Some... Shaq's disrespectful. There's nothing showman about Shaq McCoy. He he is out there to disrespect you. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I was just saying, the way, I'm saying the, the way that he goes, like his demeanor. I don't know. It just feels obviously he's not just doing it for show. He's doing it for disrespect. I don't know. Just the way. Sh- I guess it's just Shaq's personality. It also feels like a show as well. 
Like, it just felt like a show to Spe- watch him. But, like, obviously, it's disrespectful. He's pushing someone down after, yeah, after nah. punching all over him. Yeah, Shaq's on-court personality compared to his off-court. Whereas, like, Dwight Howard, he was goofy on and off the court. Shaq on the court was trying to kill you, like, every oh, yeah. time. There's also, he gets in a brawl with, like, Brad Miller in Chicago. He swings on Brad Miller and misses. Like, if he would have connected, he probably would have killed Brad Miller. And Brad Miller wasn't even the one who fouled him, either. <laughs> Check out that brawl on YouTube. Lakers, Lakers, Bulls. Do you know what year at all? Probably. It was early 2000. Might have been that 2000 year when they won it, but mm. it was early 2000s. He got fouled hard from behind by, I think, Charles Oakley, who's like a notorious tough guy. Like, oh, yeah. we'll slap the shit out of you t- kind of tough guy. People know him now for getting <laughs> getting pissed off at the guard in a few years Here, I'll back. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. But Oakley throwing out. Can't throw out Nick Gray, Charles Oakley. No, like no, no. He swung on him, though. Did you see? Look at this. And it took like fucking 15 people to get Shaq off him. Look at this right here. Brad Miller's dead if he connects. And he didn't even follow him. That would have been. That would have been. been had like that a was a heavyweight. Game suspension. I was going to say, that was a heavyweight hate. He may have been arrested. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> you might have just. With you can fucking arrest Shaq, yeah. Oh my god, as a cop, that must be the worst thing. Look at Shaq and be like, yeah, we have to put cuffs on this guy. Like, <laughs> I'm Shaquille O'Neal. Oh God! Game five. Game five. Who do I got? I'm rolling with you're the Suns. With the Suns. Just, I know you're saying yeah. it before. Just definitive rolling with the Suns. Yep. At home team, it's got it until game seven. We'll see what happens with game seven. But uh, do you I think it's close? Yeah. 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 You. All the games throughout will be closed unless what sometimes what you'll see happen, and I don't in the Suns case see this happening, is if like they won game five. The Bucks could maybe blow them out in Game Six, but I, don't, I really don't see that happen. They're going to get the Suns' best shot. Mm-hmm. Suns are going to get the Bucks' best shots, which is why maybe you get a blowout. Maybe they get a ten point lead and extend it. Yeah, but I think for the most part, they'll all be close. I see close. I see especially close if Chris Paul's hurt. I think if there was any game to have been to be a blowout, it would be this Game Five. I don't know. There, I there, I don't think so. A, just because my favorite phrase to. 2v2, do or die game five. You mostly get a pretty close to a classic game in these situations. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through yeah, you but, know. Yeah, I get the last the Gian- few if Giannis wasn't playing well, like if he was iffy, I would say so, but Giannis is too locked in and too athletic. Like, who knows what happens if they get down a he might go into LeBron James game six versus Spurs mode. You know what I mean? Where he yeah. just ducked his head. That's one of my favorite LeBron games right there. That in the Pistons game. Yup, yep. he looked like the same thing. Looked like Kobe and Mike out there, like just. I think he made twenty nine of the last thirty. And Drew Gooden made the other free throw randomly enough. Drew I remember. Gooden, yeah. But yeah, look, I love LeBron when he gets in. When he got into that, I am going to the basket. Even now, when mm-hmm. he gets to the, I'm going to the basket. I'm more athletic. I'm stronger than whoever's there, and I'm, it's over. When LeBron's in that, it reminds me also of like Game Six. Yeah, game. As you said, Game Six Spurs. 2013 finals. Yeah, in the fourth quarter. In we the fourth quarter, head, he had man. 16 and just was like, I'm not going out like yeah, this. It was, he's like, if we're dying, we're, it's not going to be my fault. That's that, that's my favorite type of level that a player gets to. Yeah. And we, we pretty nearly saw that from Giannis. When it actually hits Giannis, I swear to God, he might put up like 15, 25 or some shit <laughs> like that. He really might. He yeah. really might. I would not I be like surprised. Chamberlain. Would not be surprised at all if we get to like a game six, game seven situation. He puts up something stupid like forty eight twenty four. Would not surprise me. He's completely capable of it. Yeah, he. 
Special, special talent, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I can't wait for game five. No UFC event. We didn't even talk about the UFC event last week, 264. What are your quick thoughts on it? Rest in peace to Connor's ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connor was getting, as much as I wanted him to win, Connor was getting worked. It wasn't, the fight wasn't going to go even to the third round. I may have gone three. I think Poirier. Yeah, never know what was going to happen, but it didn't look, didn't look good for him prior to the broken ankle. It was a, for a. Somehow, weirdly, the best way he could have lost, though, because they can sell the fourth fight now, because he really didn't get to see what happened. He got enough good shots in the beginning. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, I could have done that, and you weren't going to do anything. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, the card Go for me. Fucking eagle. <laughs> it's my attempt at an Irish accent. <laughs> the, car, the card for me was probably like, for me, not being really a UFC fan, but just a guy who will watch it, uh, mm-hmm. probably a B. Uh, the Greg Hardy fight was solid. I was supp- this shows like how haymakers from heavyweights go. Yeah. The guy was on his back foot, swung with the left, hit Hardy in the eye, and just put him to sleep. The uh, fuck Greg Hardy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But overall, the card was a B. Uh, the fight. I don't, agree with that. I don't remember the fight. I can't remember the names of the fight before. It was Wonder Boy and I can't Gilbert remember. Burns. Uh, yeah, that fight was okay. Yeah, that was that should have been the second best fight of the night, and it was probably the worst fight of the night. Yeah, it was, which is unfortunate. Was like, Even oh. with the broken ankle to Connor, that was probably the worst fight of the night. Unfortunately, because yeah. regard the broken uh, that fight was an A until that moment for me. That was yeah, yeah, I agree with you because Connor came out of the gate like I'm gonna swing, he, mm-hmm. and then just just came back uh, there was back and forth exchange to the whole thing and even when they got on the ground it wasn't boring mm-hmm. i know for me i'm obviously not like i don't watch it technically i just kind of watch it for like enjoyment of a fight and i know when people get on the ground and they're just like jostling for position and trying to get the upper hand it sometimes can get boring if you're not really into it even on the ground they were both throwing elbows punches yeah. kicks so, so it was actually like entertaining for the entire five minutes and mm-hmm. then connor tragically broke his ankle <laughs> and at least entertaining after the fight like yeah all that part was entertaining too because he's talking shit he's being a piece of shit like go look at the videos if you want to see connor was legitimately being a piece of shit i got a further conversation about connor mcgregor for another time but mm-hmm. we'll get to that maybe we get trent up here talking to ufc oh yeah for sure also i can't remember the guy's name chugging beer out of the shoes oh tui tua Tukalovs. I don't really yeah. know how to pronounce his last name, but yeah, yeah, that was entertaining. That yeah, he was, got the knock on Greg fun. Hardy, then did a few shoeies, which is fucking disgusting. You won't see me doing that, but it's hilarious though. One guy put hot sauce in it. it yeah, it was crazy. He felt like crazy. a rock star. He felt like he was like, yeah, I just want to fight, and I'm just gonna go on. It's like I was going on a beer tour. I, it was fun. New Zealanders I, are bred different. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Australians, all those dudes. But yeah, <laughs> Kyle and Keenan, Warner Brothers podcast. We will be back. Sunday, possibly, maybe Saturday. Who knows? You'll see us. You'll hear from us at Near some future. point this weekend. Follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers Podcast. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know what it is. We'll catch you 